what banks do in some banks, they just refuse the files which are under 700 or 500,000. They just don't take them. And other banks just increase the rates so that they discourage them. Hey, it's JP. Hi, it's Excel. And you're listening to Terry Shower on the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. Hello, and welcome back to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast, a show dedicated to real estate investing. And today we have a wonderful guest, Christian Pomerlo from PMML. But before we start talking to him, Terry, wonderful co-host, how are you today? I'm great. How are you guys? Good. Excited for this conversation because there's so much happening. We're very lucky to have Christian Pomerlo, one of the top commercial mortgage brokers at PMML. Very, very knowledgeable, lots of experience. And we're excited for this conversation, as we all know. And I'm going to jump right into it. Interest rates are rising. There's a fair amount of uncertainty. Christian, please enlighten us. First of all, thank you for being here. Like, what are you seeing on the market these days? Wow. Okay. Thanks for the intro. And uh, yeah, it's direct. Uh, the, the, the rates exploded, actually. And, you know, if we look at it, really, the first question is, what's the problem? What's the problem that's out there right now? And the main problem we all know is inflation, you know, and this is what the government and this is what actually everybody has to fight is this major inflation, because when inflation gets out of hand, then this leads to a uh, recession. And we don't want to go there, even though we're getting closer, but still, we want to avoid that. So why? The other question then we should ask is like, why all this inflation? Like, why why are we there? And how, why didn't we cope with that beforehand? It wasn't mm -hmm. really easy. Uh, today, you know, I, I see some economists and some people sometimes say, oh, the government should have reacted six or 10 months ago. And it's always very easy when something is finished to go back and, and be like, you know, we talked about the crystal ball, you know, we have the crystal ball once things are done, but we, it's very uh, difficult, difficult to make decisions when we're in it. But the pandemia that we've been going through, you know, and it's like, I hopefully it's ended, created things like income support, where people had to be helped, you know, just to go on. And then there was a lot of mechanisms that were put in place by the government to help reduce the, the debt uh, pressure and things like uh, skipping mortgage payments, you know, especially like even for the multi-residential, some people were offered to postpone their payments for three to six months. And so these were all different mechanisms or interest rates payment only. And then the government brought in loans, you know, where either there was no payments on the loan or even like, you know, that $40,000 loan where people didn't, don't have to reimburse like 10,000 of it. So all these measures were put there. And then especially the other one was the quantitative easing. Yeah. And so much money that were injected in the uh, market and all this now is there and it's creating a lot of pressure because, you know, uh, economy was, was going better. People started spending, but uh, there's, there's a problem out there with this injection of, of money is that even though there's a lot of demand, the problem now is a shock on the offer side, on the supply side. This is what creates the inflation is this mm -hmm. major, major blockage. The problem with the source of supply, 
the challenges with transportation, you have shortage in the workspace and the, not the workspace, the workforce. Uh, those shortages uh, create a lot of pressure there. And, and we have the two main things are China, which are still in that, that challenge with the, with the uh, COVID zero that they want to contain. And when China is not working out, you know, and they're not exporting and importing, this is like uh, one fourth of the, the, the world's economy, which is kind of stuck. And then we have the war. And especially not just the war, but all the sanctions that come with it. So that the big challenge with, with all this is that all this is creating a lot of pressure on the system. And worse, worse than that is that now employment is high. Unemployment is so low and the, and the salaries went up. I heard uh, one of my friends tell me that his daughter is 21. She's been working in a store for uh, two months and a half. She's now the oldest staff there. They put her to a uh, supervisor at $24 an hour. After like, two I mean, months, she's the oldest staff there? Yeah. Oh, there was this, uh, this program like uh, two, uh, one or two weeks ago. They were saying that the staff turnaround is about four months in uh, retail. So very difficult, you know, the enterprises, uh, they, they try to keep their people. So the salaries because of that have been rising, not to, before it was only the, the high markets, you know, the, the, the professionals and the one that has the higher wages, they could go from one company to another and then ask for, for the sky. But now even, uh, even in the mid and the smaller markets, uh, the salaries go up and there's lots of accumulated savings. So this makes another pressure on the, makes it worse, you know, and worse, worse, even over that, there's all this uncertainty where people and companies are so scared that inflation gets out of hand. So what they're doing is they're buying now, they're accumulating, they're saving stuff and all this. So imagine this is like a third pressure that's being put. So, so then the inflation just, just hopped up, you know, and mm -hmm. now at 6.8%. And apparently it's going to be, it's going to probably go over 70%, uh, 77%. Seven, uh, goodness, not 70%. Yeah. But Christian, let me just play devil's advocate for a minute. So you know, I'm, I'm actually in France right now, and I can't believe how cheap everything is. So we have a Western economy, you know, they have are facing the same pressures as Canada has, right? Like the war is the same here. China is the yeah. same as everywhere. And yet their inflation problem, like it's like I took a time capsule and I'm now two years in the past and you can go out and have lunch for 15 bucks, Right. And so my question is this, I mean, one of the things that I've heard about the Canadian context is that we are overcommitted in real estate. And I've, I've been was looking at the data and it's, uh, you know, GDP, I think in Canada, we have one of other than New Zealand, I think we're the most overcommitted in real estate in the entire world. And 10% over 10%. Yeah. Of GDP. And so my question is, you know, in terms of how much is the real estate market, what has been driving Canadian inflation, number one, and how much is this interest rate spiking a question of the government trying to cool the real estate market and how much is it of them trying to bring down inflation? I mean, do you, I, I don't know. Do you have an opinion on that? Uh, well, okay. I'll have one. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, you're, you're right. The, um, I think it has to, the inflation has to be contained. And our GDP is strongly driven 
by uh, by real estate and our real estate here in Canada, like like every but but here we're very uh, sensitive to uh, the rate increases because uh, we're talking about the homes of people which are over uh, indebted. And I think now the indebtedness of, of the households is something like over 170, I think, mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. which and this is probably our here in Canada. Our major challenge is the household debt, which has to be contained and household debt, debt also kind of goes hand in hand with our uh, real estate. So, yes, I'm sure real estate is probably one of the things that they have to to a certain extent calm down. But the thing is, every move that the government does, does not have a very fast impact because all these monetary policies uh, are going are gonna to start, we're going to start seeing the fruit of that in about, you know, uh, six terms or so six quarters, like a year and a half to two years. So what's going to happen between that is, is a lot of, a lot of is going to come out of the uncertainty and the confidence of people, whether they're confident or not. Because that's where the 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 people shift, you know. They they start moving the assets from from either you know uh, shares, bonds, or currencies, or real estate, or gold. And you know, I heard this lady sell this her her car, thirty thousand dollar car. She's so scared. She she sold that to buy gold, you know. So this is this is the funny things that people do when they're uncertain. And so, so there is an impact, and I think you're right. the The main target is is probably real estate. Mm-hmm. So, just you've talked a lot about some of the shocks that have happened. Okay, so so much money being injected at COVID, the war, China, and the and the supply side, and, and so on. Okay, and we're very committed to the real estate market in Canada. Some people are now saying, "I'm not buying anything. I'm staying on the sideline. I want to see what happens for six months." That's yeah. one group of people. The other one are saying, no, I'm going to keep going. It's going to be full of opportunities. My question to you is, obviously, the increase in rates has a big impact on financing. For someone who's going to do a project, which is probably the most of our audience, is still going to be active in the next six months and a year. What kind of advice would you give to someone who's about to start a financing file? Great question, because all this is about real estate and I think the main thing I would say is two things. First of all, be prepared. Prepare everything because we have to act a little faster. Rates move fast and you want to be prepared. You don't want, the client doesn't want to be the one that is stalling his own or her own file. That's number one. But the the second thing I would say, use good qualifying rates. So, you know, talk to your broker and just look at what the market is showing out there. What are the real rates that we could get today? And then use, you know, the stress tests. Use like maybe 50, 75, one percent, 50 or 75 points extra or or even up to 1% extra and try to see if the file still works. And if it works, this means, you know, you could be in business and it could work out. But yes, some people are still very active right now, but I think they're acting uh, still a little prudently because now we have to, you know, by the time a file is done, you know, most files are going to take between, you know, let's say multi-residential, most files are going to take between two to three months to finish off, you know, because some go with, you know, banks are very long right now. They have 
four to five weeks delay. And if you add this uh, CMHC for people that would go there, uh, you have to add three to five weeks also. So time to completion, to disbursement, this is a time that's very crucial because the rates could still continue to increase. And we, we see like good deals and we see horror stories right now. And every, every day, you know, brokers like me are recalculating the, the COIs, like the certificates uh, for the clients. Uh, we uh, redo the pro formats and we look at like how much more they have to put in cash down, how much less they're getting from equity takeout. So I would say, I would say be prepared. And the second thing is do good stress tests and just go on. I mean, there is a market out there. And I think still most people are probably going to, go, going to be calm during the summer. And we're going to wait for this. You know, I feel we live through a tsunami right now. You know, we gain like 85, 90 points, like almost 1% in about a month. And, and about 2.5% from the beginning of the year. This is major. You know, we went from a, like a CMB the the uh, the CMB, which is the basis for a lot of the uh, of the multi-unit residential uh, uh, financing, and uh, this went up from 1.78 to about four percent. This is kind of major, you know. It's it's one of the fastest increases. So I think some people are going to stay calm, and uh, during the summer, when when that first big wave just passes through, we're going to have probably smaller waves like a good tsunami brings, and then. Um, I, 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 think, I think that the market is going to pick up in September and October with people coming back. Mm -hmm. But let me ask this question. So, you know, different financing environments are amenable to different kinds of projects. And you said you've seen some horror stories. Are there kinds of projects that you think work better in this kind of an environment and some that don't work? Well, right now, probably the main challenge is really in construction. So there are people that are still going into construction and, and that's perfect. I hope uh, we're, we're happy with them, but it's more difficult from the, for, for beginners or for people that don't have very strong assets behind them. So I, I know that a lot of uh, clients and people uh, around that, you know, are, you know, have small projects, they're putting it uh, on the ice for a little bit, putting a little hole because we have to know that two years ago with rates being so low and even decreasing there's a lot of construction pro projects that were saved like that you know they were just going awkward many mistakes but they were saved by the interest rates but in a rising market right now the banks look at you know the uncertainty parts they always look at that and normally the major uncertainty part is that no one wants to have cost overruns this is the this is probably the ghost of the banks, cost overruns. And that was always checked, you know, to have a good contingency and, uh, and make sure there's no uh, of that. But right now, question marks and constructions are everywhere, not just on cost overrun, they're on like, are you gonna have the, 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 the workforce to do the, the, are you gonna receive the material? Are the material price gonna go up or so? There's question marks everywhere. So you have to be solid to be in construction. So that's probably where I see uh, the biggest challenges. And apart from that, the second major challenge is all the small buildings, either commercial or multi-residential. When we have financing below 
one million dollars, or let's say I'll put a little or let's say lower than seven hundred fifty thousand. Very very difficult to place. Very difficult. So people that are looking for smaller buildings, they don't have many many options uh, for financing, and makes they they make things very difficult. Banks don't want them anymore. So when you say very difficult to place, you mean you as a broker, you don't find financial institutions who want to finance this type of project? Exactly. It's difficult wow. to find them. Yeah. And we have to negotiate. We have to, you know, we have to push them and uh, we have to look at the relationships that the clients already have. So because the thing is that it's it's a, a big workload for small files. It's it's almost the same work to do 500,000 than 10 million, oh, almost. And the thing is that uh, what, what banks do in some banks, they, they just refuse the files which are under 700 or 500,000. They just don't take them. And other banks just increase the rates so that uh, they, they discourage them. So that, that's one challenge. When you're over 1.1 and 1.5 million, normally there's, uh, there's still good market. Multi-residential still goes well. And... To, to add to this story, I would say that maybe a month ago to up to a, a, about like the last month and a half to up to two weeks went very low. Even us as, as brokers, we had less business. It's like if everyone was in the, on, in the shock of all this. And, uh, but now in the last two weeks, I, I've, I've been sent a lot of files and I, I, we're overloaded right now with work. So I think it's there, people are just like looking at this and saying, okay, we have to get in this market. I think like Terry said, some people are, are, are going to get in the market. They just have to think that they're going to bring much more money on the table, you know? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So look, Christian, this is really interesting. And I have about five more questions that I want to ask you. I'm sure, Axel, it's the same thing for you. But I think we're going to wrap up this particular episode, which was maybe more of a stage setting. And we're going to maybe move on in the next uh, episode that we have with you to talk a little bit about solutions. And maybe I know personally, I want to know what kind of projects you think might work well in this environment. So, uh, Christian, I want to thank you for spending this time with us today. And audience, don't forget, if you enjoy this content, subscribe, share, definitely look up Christian. Christian, where can people find you? Uh, well, sitting at my desk, I'm always there all the time. <laughs> but uh, actually, they could uh, contact me uh, directly on my cell at 514-826-2052 or by email. It's uh, christian.pomerleau at pmml.ca. And I'll be there to uh, look at your files and calculate them with you and see where the, uh, the challenges are and all the opportunities. Hope to work with you. Great. Thank you, Christian. Thanks for listening to the Real Estate Investors Club podcast. We hope you enjoyed this episode. If you did, remember to give us a rating, leave a comment, subscribe, and share. You can find Terry at terryshower.com. Her book, Mindful Landlord, is available on Amazon. You can also follow her on Facebook, LinkedIn, and Instagram. JP is the president of the Real Estate Investors Club. You can learn more about the club's networking and educational activities on Facebook by searching for Real Estate Investors Club. Look to the show notes to find information on our guests and links to material mentioned in the episode.